Hello, and welcome to the Modern Maker podcast for Thursday, May 18th, 2017, also known as International Museum Day. So, yep. if you're listening to this, you're already a cultured individual, so that museum, you can go ahead and give it a miss, I guess, right? I guess so, yeah, it makes sense. You're ready. You're good to go. Yeah. Uh, You know, we got a really cool museum where we're at, the Museum of Osteology. It's all bones. It's just skeletons (laughs) everywhere of like dinosaurs and like other normal animals, all kinds of stuff. It's pretty cool. Put that on the must-see when you're (laughs) cross-country. When you make your Oklahoma City stop across the country. Is that not a uh, a destination for most people? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I guess. I mean, if you're going across through I-40, you got to go through it. So it makes sense. So you're going from east to west. Yeah. See some bones. Anyway, I'm Chris Salamone from Four Eyes Furniture, and with me as always, Mike Montgomery from Modern Builds. What's up, everybody? I'm glad to be back. Yeah, I know. Remember last week we joked that maybe you were dead in a ditch or something, and <laughs> I know, thank God I felt you're like not. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Every time everyone, anytime anyone else has been gone, has been like, oh, I hope he's having a good time, but apparently it's just like, I hope he't not dead. <laughs> well, Ben, we don't yeah. know where Ben's at. We're that's we're the, worried about him. I know he may actually be dead. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Now I hope gonna, not. I don't want to throw. Now that we're gonna out feel there. bad with our joking around here. I but know, yeah, I shouldn't have done hopefully, it. hopefully he'll pop in anytime here and join us. But we decided to just go ahead and get this get the show rolling without him. That's right. So I guess let's just kick it off. Uh, what are you working on? I am building another two two by four challenge project. I feel Man, like you're the first now, huh? I know. Well, the first project I was planning on making three frames. I only really came out with one. Mm-hmm. If I made all three, it would have you know taken up most of the two by fours. But I felt like since I only made one, I was like, dang, I didn't really use enough. Oh, two you had by leftover four. material. Yeah. Well, okay, I, see. I used a little bit leftover of that, but mostly I just used other scraps that I had laying around the shop because I got a lot of two by four cutoffs. Mm-hmm. So I am building a guitar, which I'm very nice. excited about. And electric. Uh, yeah, it'll be. Okay. okay, get this. I'm out here just changing the game, being revolutionary. I had this idea, okay. but. Maybe it's not as revolutionary as I thought. So, you know about guitars, I assume. I know them, yep. Okay, cool. So, what I'm doing is I'm taking the body of a jazz master, and I'm putting Telecaster pickups and hardware in there. That's an abomination. No, man. It's (laughs) it's the offset Telecaster. (laughs) No, it's going to look cool. Yeah, it'll be really cool. I had the idea for it. Fender apparently started making them a couple years ago, so it Uh actually gave me some information to go off of which was kind of cool i'm glad they did it but yeah a couple years ago i don't know if you know this but grizzly they sell like mm-hmm. guitar kits yeah which is pretty awkward they don't just sell table saws apparently and i bought one before i really got into making things i built it pretty sloppily so uh-huh. i feel totally okay just like taking it apart and making some weird like parts caster out of it so okay, it'll be, so it'll be pretty cool stuff that you already had from the other one yeah purposing exactly so yeah, I'm go. I'm waiting on paint to dry right now. Nice, yeah. Grizzly they make like uh, like bone saws and stuff for like you know if you were like a uh-uh. butcher. Yeah, they make like all oh, kinds dang, of that's like, industrial crazy. machinery. Um, oh, so who knew the the guitar? Let me ask you this: What's your okay. favorite just looking guitar? Well, I have a Jaguar and I love the way it looks, but I mm-hmm. hate the short scale on it. Because uh-huh. I got big old sausage fingers, and I really, honestly, don't like playing it very much. Because it's hard to get like get my so hand like, in there to make the tight chords. Too skinny or something? Or well, no, it's it's a short scale. So the frets themselves, like I don't have it. Like for instance, like playing certain chords where you got like a tight grouping with your fingers, uh-huh. it's kind of hard to squeeze everything in there. So okay. yeah, so instead of doing a jaguar body, 
a Telecaster and a Jazzmaster have the same length scale, so it mm-hmm. actually works out really well to do this. So I'm excited. See, I have I have a Stratocaster, but the Telecaster is actually my favorite looking guitar. Yeah, I just I like, would say the just, same. I, th- I think like the crisp edges. It's just like it's just I don't so know, a little bit more minimalist looking. Yeah, it's so yeah. classic. Although I will say the Stratocaster is probably like the like I don't know quintessential electric guitar. Like you know, if you told mm-hmm. a five year old to picture an electric guitar, it's kind of they're the going to draw that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But. I'm uh, putting on some paint right now, and I think... Actually, I know. I don't think. I'm going to kind of make it, like, road-worn. You've seen where people, like, distress guitars and make them look like they've been, like, toured okay. and have yeah. had, like, a long life. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to do that because... I, well, I'm especially going to do it because I got a couple, like, drips in my paint. I went a little heavy, so I figured, uh-huh. A... You got no other choice I would, now. Right. Well, I could <laughs> sand it down and make it really nice, which I, I, I could do, which I'm still going to do. But I'm just mm-hmm. not going to go like crazy meticulous with it. Yeah. But I thought, I've always kind of wanted to do it. I could never bring myself to do it to like a real Telecaster. Right. Like I could never spend $1,000 on a guitar and then go like hit it I'm with a belt it. sander. But <laughs> I can do it with a guitar that's made out of scrap wood. So yep. I'm going to go for it. And I don't know. It's been fun nice. so far. It's been cool so- building a non-furniture project. For the shape of the body then, is it just like you print out a template or something? Yeah, what I did, uh, I just got, uh, it's a program called uh, Inkscape, which is a free vector software, which okay. is pretty cool, but I just got, a, I found a template for a Jazzmaster, and I found a template for a Telecaster, mm-hmm. and I just overlaid them, and I took the template for the Jazz ma- or the template for the Telecaster, and stole the outline from the, from the Jazzmaster. Okay. So, nice. if that makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense. Okay, cool. I felt like I said like a lot there. So if someone is annoyed by that, I apologize, and I'm going to keep it to a minimal from here on out. Like, whatever. Yeah, it's hard not to say like, especially now, <laughs> just like now that you said it. it, we're just going to keep liking it up. I hope um, not, because I was listening to an episode a couple weeks back, and I noticed that I did it quite a bit, so I'm making a concerted, <laughs> e- concerted effort to not do it anymore. What are you working on? So, like, I'm, like, uh, like working on a, uh, like, I don't know. No, I'm... Uh, I, so I put out the <laughs> record player cabinet finally. That was on Sunday that I put it out, which out. was nice because I was talking about it forever. So it's nice to yeah. have it out. Okay, here we go. I want to say this. That's okay. your best video you've ever made. And Uh-oh. it's definitely a top project. It lo- it top looks, project. It looks awesome. Just the design of it, the like way you prob- ugh, the way you problem, I said like, the way you problem <laughs> solved things uh-huh. and just the edit is amazing. The project's really cool. It was smart, and you know, you made little ingenious solutions to things. You did good. I liked it Thank a lot. Thank you, man. I, I yeah. appreciate it. You said like again. No, just joking. I, but that, that, that was, was in the right, right context. Yeah, that was the right There we go. It. I can get away with that one. Okay, that one worked. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate that, mm-hmm. first of all. So, yeah, I was, I was pretty happy with the way that it came out. Um, it's funny. I got some interesting comments um, in the comment section. So oh, okay. one of them, <laughs> where else would you get them? Is that where? Yeah. People have been walking down the street and just stopping and be like, hey, that record player cabinet that you built. Yeah, for real. Um, so one of them was a person asked, so, okay, well, in the video, remember I said that the one big kind of flaw that there was was that it maybe it should have been mirrored the way that it yeah. was leaning because the way that it is right now, you have to choose between either the covers facing you or if you want the splines facing you, then you, the backs are going to be facing you also. Right. So if it would have leaned the other way, it would have 
shown Solve the spine and the album art. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, somebody had asked me, why did I design it that way? And wondered if it's because I'm right-handed. They said that their natural inclination would be to have it go the other way um, oh. and that they're left-handed. Yeah. And so I didn't think that that's what it was. So I mean, I don't know what it was for sure, but the, my kind of hypothesis was that we're used to seeing text move from left to right. Or like yeah. if you play a side scrolling video game, mm-hmm. the character usually moves from left to right. So I think there's kind of like a left to right bias. I was going to say the same thing because I am left-handed and uh-huh. any, like if I were to draw, if I were to draw a parallelogram, that's what uh-huh. that is, right? A parallelogram. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. great. Whew, geometry. If I were <laughs> to draw a parallelogram, I would draw it the same way you did. Okay. I think so, yeah. a big part of it is like in textbooks, that's how they have them diagrammed. Oh, yeah. From what I can remember, anytime I've ever seen one in a textbook, it's been, I guess, left to right. Yeah, leaning to the right. Yeah, Um, so... But, mm. yeah, it's kind of weird. And I wonder, yeah, so is it a bias that we have? Like, if it was the other way, would it not look as good? It would be what... I don't know if it would not look as good. In my head, it doesn't look as good. Really? Like, when you just picture it? Yeah, I'll, I'll hmm. flip a maybe I'll maybe I'll post something on Instagram where like I'll reverse the drawing or I'll just reverse it in Photoshop and then we can see I guess. Yeah, do it. Post that on the Modern Maker podcast. I will. Man. Yeah, the Bizarro replica. <laughs> um, Who knows? That might look oh, so, awesome. So one of the other comments that I thought was kind of funny, and I got this from a few people, and it, it was said in a very polite way, but they were saying that they really like my stuff. You know, they've always liked the things that I've designed and put on the channel, right. but th- this one they weren't really feeling that much. Huh. And I think it's funny because I almost felt like this one is almost a caricature of me. Oh, I feel it's like, like it's so quintessential, like, four eyes video. Yeah, it's like almost doing what I do and then, like, going to the extreme yeah, with it. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you're playing into it, kind of. So you would think that if you liked my stuff, then you would really like this one, but I don't maybe know. You I mean, just, it is, you were laying it on too thick. No. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I was heavy-handed with this one. It is... <laughs> I'll say it, it is probably a kind of polarizing project where you'll either look at it and be like, that's awesome or that's stupid. Why would you? Maybe. It's, it's unusable. Yeah. Who knows? And then <laughs> the other know. thing was I noticed a, a slight uptick in people calling me pretentious. Really? Which, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Like You and your <sighs> records. I know. I, is that what it I, is? No, I think it's just the way that like the videos presented. So oh, my, okay. my theory is that just the more stylized you get, the more people are going to call you pretentious. Right. But, I think if you look at what pretentious actually means, it I'm not being pretentious. I mean, all I'm doing is, you know, I actually built this thing. I'm giving my reasoning behind it and talking about technical things that I'm doing. So I don't see how that can be pretentious. But if anything, I say that calling people pretentious is the new pretentious. I would say so. It's very trendy. <laughs> yeah. People love doing it. Yeah. I don't know, man. But, yep. That's what I got. Oh, so then other things that I'm working on. Yeah, there um, we go. The uh, the modern Nelson bench is at a slight standstill. So I have all of the pieces done. All I have left to do is just like the finish work, except mm-hmm. for I have to wait until I can get to that, that CNC place to get it all cut out. So I'm yeah. going, I could have taken it yesterday, but I'm going to wait until Friday because on Friday I, I'll have more time to actually film it so that I can get shots and put They're all that They're going to let you get in there so. and take shots? Yeah. The, the, I, I've talked to the owner a few times and like showed him some of the videos. So he's pretty cool. So as long as they aren't like super busy, he's, he's fine with me going in there and doing it. So right on. I think are that'll you making, make for a better video. Are you making the legs out of wood? Yeah. They're made That's out it. of, okay. Yeah. Everything's maple. If you don't um, mind, if it's not something yep. super, what are you, how are you joining them? I, I only ask because I'm building 
here in the next week or two, whenever I get around to it, I want to build an entryway bench that has a uh-huh. side table built in. And the the legs are going to be kind of frame, like Nelson-style legs. So I was yeah. kind of wondering how I should put them together. Well, so these ones are not, they're not trapezoidal shape. They're actually a, rec- a rectangle that then leans at an angle. Oh, to so, pitch the bench itself? Yeah. So, okay. yeah. So it's just like a, you know, a, a splayed leg, basically, when oh, you okay. look at it from Got the it. front. Mm-hmm. So it's. And, and I tr- I was actually originally going to do a trapezoid shape like the original one that is also splayed, but it looked kind of funny. Like in all the drawings, it just had a weird, maybe it would have been fine in real life, but in, in all of the drawings, it just looked like a weird kind of, I don't know, it gave the impression of being bow-legged to me for huh. some reason. And so I was like, maybe <laughs> like these two competing kind of angles don't work together. So I decided to just do the... Um, display instead of the taper so yeah. the that simplified the joinery kind of bit so it's pretty much just glue and screwed together oh, um, okay and then since i'm gonna paint them i don't know how much you'll really be able to see the the joinery right. of it so i didn't yeah especially like, if you you plug the holes no one's gonna see them because i didn't know if that would be strong enough i considered doing that just because it is really quick and easy i didn't know if dallas would be a better option or if i had to like break out and make a box joint jig or something like that yeah I mean, I don't technically know yet, I guess, if it's strong enough. We'll find out. But I think it's going to be. That's they're, true. They're one-inch thick pieces of maple. Yeah. It's got two good screws in it. Um, you know, the glue's not going to be that great because it's end grain. But uh-huh. I, I think it'll, you know, with it not being assembled, I've tried racking on it a little bit, and it's it's pretty solid. Okay, cool. I, I'll, I'll trust you. <laughs> cool. All well, right. I'll tell you how it comes out. Check this out. Ben just hopped in. What's up, Ben? What's up, guys? Perfect How's it going? Good. Good. Not terrible timing. You beat us before we got out of what we're talking about this week. So I guess just kind of like, I don't know, your turn. Hop in. What are you working on? Um, I've been building more robot gardens. So I just posted an image of the first one on Instagram. But basically, one of the things I'm interested in is using relatively simple technology that's new to develop uh, new types of pieces that people aren't used to seeing. So one of the things that I always sort of worry about is that eventually how many sort of sofas, beds, and sort of new pieces of furniture can we make? And if we can sort of diversify our skill set and incorporate more types of technology or types of making, uh, we have a great chance of sort of prototyping things that aren't inventions by themselves, but are sort of compiling a bunch of other inventions that are already out there that are constantly getting better. So I think like uh, I was talking to one of my friends who makes drones and she was saying that, you know, with the motors and the batteries and all the components have been around for a while, but when all those components keep getting better, all of a sudden she can make these crazy drones that do all sorts of things without really inventing any one thing herself, just understanding how to put together the system together. Um, yeah. And so I was thinking like, well, LED lights have, a, you know, these LED grow lights, you can kind of see it in, <laughs> in the background there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought you had a club. Pretty much. I know, that, I thought you had a neon light back Pretty much. Um, <laughs> these things have gotten so much better and are pretty affordable. So I just got these ones from this company and I think they're about like 16 to 20 bucks, but they'll last like years and years and they produce the right light frequencies for uh, growing plants. So uh, I made a really simple uh, planter base out of marble tile, built like a stand for it out of copper pipes. And that copper pipe sort of uh, serves as the scaffolding for holding up the, the light in place that then 
power is the light, uh, the, the plant. So I can have like uh, plants growing even like deep into the loft, like really far away from uh, windows. That's really cool. Yeah, I saw the picture you posted on Instagram about it. It looked really cool. Are you uh, are you attaching everything? Are you soldering the copper whenever you do projects like that? Oh God, no, no. no. Uh, I didn't think yeah, so because I, I know I've heard you talk about it before. <laughs> I can do it. It's just yeah, it's just a pain and it's messy and uh, the joints are strong, but they're not like super strong. Uh, so what I found that works really well is just the regular Gorilla Glue. Uh, when it when you when you when you glue together joints like that, and one of the joints is a little bit damp, the glue sort of foams up a little bit. And for the copper fittings, it actually makes that that little bit of expansion makes the fit really tight. Um, so yeah. I wouldn't use it for piping water, um, but uh, it's, right. it's, it's pretty good for everything else. But that'll be the next step. So I made a basic one. It's really just you know. A planter base a stand for holding a light bulb that can grow the plants but the next step will be figuring out how to you know do a whole irrigation system and then then i'll get into electronics with how uh, i put things on timers for both the water yeah. and the uh, the lights and but i'll probably reach out to some engineering friends to get a little help for that yeah I feel yeah like- i didn't say is this is it related at all i remember i don't know how long ago it was but you had done a video with that company that kind of it's i don't know it was almost like keurig pod things but for plants yeah you know what i'm talking so, about so uh yeah click and grow and it's it's a it's a cool company they make a great product um uh, i think their product uh just to be perfectly honest it's awesome for growing herbs so i have like a new batch of okay. of basil and uh like mint growing now um mm-hmm. but they're the size of those soil pods i i in my opinion, it's not great for growing large vegetables like tomatoes and stuff like that. So, what I wanted to create was a solution where I could, you know, uh, with like with the sort of copper towers, I can even create the sort of support structure to really support big tomato plants as they as they grow up. Yeah, I think that's the right. coolest part about it is you've got like almost a lattice structure for things to for vines to grow up, which is really yeah. Cool. And and that that copper and marble combination, like people like sort of away from the woodworking but more like the pinterest crowd goes like nuts for that right. kind of stuff because it looks it looks yeah. really high end even though it's like it's super super easy to cut t- <laughs> it's super easy to cut yeah. marble with a tile saw and uh this kind of you know construction adhesive together it, yeah i thought a bar cart made out of car- copper and marble would look really yeah, really cool yeah that would be pretty yeah be pretty baller um <laughs> pretty baller other than that just uh, <laughs> uh traveling around i was in new york and then I actually flew up to see uh, Jimmy DeResta um, at his sort of upstate uh, New York place and uh, got an interview with him, which should be up and coming for our weekend show. This weekend? Yep. Yeah. I'm pumped about it. It's going to be a good Me one. Too. Yeah. So that's, I mean. I think. I don't know. I haven't listened to it yet. It, I hope it's it, a good it, one. It, no. <laughs> Jimmy doesn't disappoint. It falls apart in the third act. <laughs> for real. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's great. He's everything that you would want him to be for you know if, if you've watched him uh his videos for for years um he, he, in person he's just he's super nice just full of ideas uh, has a million just hilarious stories and he's just done so many interesting uh things in this sort of making arena both professionally and and uh for hire and uh, just doodling around so uh, he's just a wealth of information, and uh, right. I think we got some a pretty good interview with him. That's awesome. 
Y'all want to hop into the topic? Yeah. What Ben was talking yeah. about actually kind of ties into it pretty well. I was kind of yeah. almost trying to stop him from talking a minute ago because I think it really applies <laughs> to the topic. But something I was thinking about, something that's been kind of weighing on me lately is just how to keep content fresh. I don't know right. about my audience because it's kind of hard just to ask unless, I don't know, maybe I could just ask on Instagram or something someday. But I'm starting to get a little bit tired with just my edit, just the way I edit. Um, okay. And I know it's what works, or at least what has worked for me in the past, so I don't want to make any drastic changes or any drastic improvements. But I want, I'm trying to find ways to kind of keep things fresh. So this week I'm working on that guitar, and it kind of gives me the opportunity to make the music for a project, kind of just mm-hmm. be a little bit more creative. So in a way, it's almost m- making the creative process fresh for me. I don't know that the video is going to be incredibly different, but... Mm-hmm just the day-to-day for me is going to be a little bit different or has been a little bit different, which is pretty cool. So I just kind of wanted to hear like your ideas on how to keep content fresh, how to keep your audience maybe engaged or whether you think your audience cares uh, even. Right. So I don't know. You know One of y'all talk about it. I want to hear your thoughts. You know, so I've thought about this for a long time and I think about it more in like a, uh, from a place of sustainability yeah. for what I'm doing. And that's, you know, how long can I keep kind of doing what I'm doing right now? Mm-hmm. Which it seems like it's it's fine at this point, but I am still kind of early in the game where I, I'm afraid that I'm going to get to the point where I'm going to be repeating, or not repeating projects, but doing things that are similar. Mm-hmm. I haven't gotten to that point. You guys, maybe you can kind of talk about that later if, if you've done projects that are similar to other projects you've done and how your audience has reacted to that. And one thing I think about is, is what's fresh quote unquote, for me, the same as what's fresh for the audience. That's the big, if you think that's about the it, big question mark. Yeah. Right. You're, wait, you're Mark, not me. What are you talking about? <laughs> no. um, so if you think about it, you know, we're way more in the muck and mire. Oh, I for just our got channels. it. I'm sorry. Question yeah. mark. <laughs> yeah, that's the question. <laughs> it went over my head for like five seconds. <laughs> I'm, I'm too quick. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, no. So. Yeah, we're way more in the muck and mire with our channels than our audience is. Right. So when you think about, oh man, I'm building a bed for the second time, you know, your channel is the center of your world or close to <laughs> yeah. it. But, you know, to the audience, it's just something that once a week they tune into for 10 minutes. That's true. Or for five minutes or however long one of your videos is. So I think to them, it probably, I think to them, it would actually stay fresh longer than it will stay to us. So, you know, if you've, or, or if you've gotten to that point of it not seeming fresh, it, it might not be there yet for the audience. Right. I don't know. That's just kind of the thoughts that I had on it. That's a good point. And then there's also the ideas, which is what you kind of brought up, the idea of keeping what you're building fresh. So mm-hmm. obviously most of everything I've built has been furniture projects. And lately I've kind of wanted to step out of that, maybe do like a like a remodel or a DIY kind of like just room, not makeover, but whatever you want to call it. Something like that. Yeah. Just try and obviously keep doing furniture projects because, I mean, I enjoy making them. But try and switch things up a little bit and throw in kind of the oddball videos occasionally. I don't know. It's just something I've yeah, been think, thinking about. I think it would be interesting to find those projects that work as sort of transition pieces yeah. from what you're doing into other things that might be too far of a jump right. to make immediately where people would look at it and be like, oh, you're abandoning. That's what, yeah, that's the other thing, thing to kind of be scared of, right? Yeah. Is you don't want to just alienate people or people just be like, oh, unsubscribe. Not a fan. Right. Well, I th- <laughs> Not a fan. I, th- I, think it, uh, I think what's fresh to the audience differs fr- uh, a lot within the audience. 
Um, yeah. And uh-huh. none of us are consistent. There's TV shows that I like because they are repetitive and they're like something I watch before going to bed. Not so much anymore, but I used to like watching an episode of Law & Order every once in a while, even though it's terribly predictable. And you know that if they arrest somebody <laughs> like only like 15 minutes in, that clearly that isn't going to be the guy that did it. That's not the right. guy, right. <laughs> they wouldn't have blown the plot so early. But at the same time, it's not the most thrilling show or it's not a show that really hooks you in like you know Breaking Bad or something like that or that, that has these really long developed story arcs um, mm-hmm. but there is something occasionally nice in that sort of repetition and just going yeah. through the paces and it's just sort of the the predictability can can be enjoyable in its own way um, it's the same thing with like a like a chain restaurant every once in a while like you know going to the little boutique diner truck thing is is can be great but so is like going to chick-fil-a every once in a while like yeah exactly there 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 can be like something enjoyable in predictability so with that being said like I, i think there's people that just like watching me do something somewhat creative every you know seven to ten days for three to five minutes and for them it might just be uh the repetition of just seeing me moving at two thousand percent speed uh, <laughs> leaving a wake of concrete dust and sawdust in my home and then at the end having something that looks like somewhat clean and modern yeah that just might be something that they want as three to five minutes per week um and so in that case it might right. not be about fresh um so i think there's uh fresh in terms of subject matter and then fresh in terms of format um, yes, I think the subject matter is much less. It's pretty easy to do. Switch up materials, try a new tool, different uh, different types of projects. Occasionally mix in electronics. There's there's unlimited things that we can make in that. The format thing and changing up the format, I think, is the the bigger challenge. Um, and it's something I'm I'm actively thinking about a lot now. Is how do I do a, you know a series of twenty to forty minute long videos? Yeah, so I thought the same thing. So if yeah. I'm going to do a a whole series on building a uh, you know a house from scratch, can I do that in longer episodes? Mm-hmm. Will that just seem different, but not actually enjoyable? Because to, to get somebody to sit through a 20 minute or you know, let alone a 40 minute segment, will I have to create more of an arc within that to do that? So I think right. that's mm-hmm. that's the that's to me the video making challenge that is it's going to keep it fresh for me because I, I feel pretty comfortable uh, that I'll make with with the short format video that I know how to kind of do it. But in those sort of three to five minutes, uh, you don't have to carry a lot. I mean, the action is right. everything, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, and we're relying so much on information uh, on just providing initial information, maybe one or two experiments that are kind of novel. I think I think that'll be the big challenge that that, that I'll face in terms of video production. Um, in terms of keeping it fresh, though, and just the uh, design, I, I think I fall into sort of repetition that's not great sometimes. Um, and sometimes, to be perfectly honest, that's like sponsor driven. Uh, is that like right? Because they want something that's familiar, right? And yeah, the the way I justify it, and maybe unfairly so, but it's what I do. Uh, <laughs> is if you if you were to, I, I kind of always thought that I'm building my own furniture catalog because I used to always love getting like the IKEA catalog when there was the internet because it's just yeah. like <laughs> it's like full of so many designs and every year they would like put out a new one. Um, so 
I kind of think that uh, on my website, I'm creating a furniture catalog that you can go through and, and pick which ones you want to make. And there's like a little bit yeah. of instruction that shows you how. And in that case, having 10 dining tables is actually a good thing. Uh, That's true. Especially if they're different sizes and a little bit different because it's not just about them watching me and being like, oh, I designed one. It's like, if I think that I'm designing for them, 10 dining tables where they're like two inches different each one is really mm. useful. Right. Or publishing more plans at slightly different sizes for each one of those designs is really yeah. useful. That's not redundant. That's actually servicing the, the, the audience and providing variability for their different size dining rooms, different... Maybe it's a Just really design taste. It's yeah. an incredibly tall family. They want everything like, you know, a little <laughs> bit a little bit higher than normal. So yeah. I, I don't think it's a problem from having too big of a library of design options that you can show people, right. even if they're very similar, as long as they're all just incrementally different. Um, yeah. So not to mention something you kind of alluded to is that you kind of also have two audiences. You have the audience that tunes in every week is interested in what you're working on people listening to this podcast. But then again, if you like, for me, if I look at my analytics, there's a lot of people watching me that obviously aren't subscribed to me. And to <laughs> those people that aren't subscribed to me, they don't care if I made another dining table two weeks ago because they're watching this one because, you know, they're just interested right. because they want to build a table. They don't care about the end tables I've made or the sofas I made or anything like that. They just want to, they just want to know what they want to know and not really care about all the rest of the stuff. So to yeah. those people, exactly what you're saying, Ben, is a, yeah. a really good positive. Yeah, and from that, there's also a search audience, right? So there's people... Yeah, that's, I guess that's who I'm trying to talk were about. Specifically, yeah. <laughs> they, they found your mirror project because they were searching DIY full-length mirror. Exactly. Um, and so if you do another one of those that's a little bit different, has a different keyword, the actual naming of the project will define a different audience set. Um, yeah. So, no, I mean, I think like at the very least, even if I did, uh, took all just the basic furniture types and did five to 10 of each one of those, um, I think that would be the sort of point where I had a very complete catalog of, of design ideas that people could furnish their homes with. Um, mm -hmm. and, but I'm still a long, long ways from that. <laughs> yeah. I feel you. Chris. What are you thinking, man? I'm thinking uh, you make that DIY half-length mirror. Yeah. <laughs> People are going to be searching that. You're going you're gonna to light the internet on fire. I know. A project I do want to do really bad, though, is uh, you know those mirrors mostly in a bathroom, but they're framed in an LED um, light frame oh, yeah, or yeah, whatever? Like the smart mirror man, or whatever? Man, I want to make one of those. They're so cool. I, the last hotel I was at had one, and I was like, man, this is the best lighting ever. <laughs> you know... One of the things that I want to do more of is chairs. And I think that if you yeah. really get into chairs, that's like the best thing because they can be, you can build so many chairs that are chairs different are hard. compared to like yeah. Chairs are so intimidating. That's why I've not built one. I'm honestly scared to build a chair because there's so much proportion going on yeah. that it's like, I know I'm going to either mess up the angle of the back or it's going to be sitting too high or it's going to be something small. Yeah. It's just, I'm and it, it, it's one of those things that you, if you really, really are doing it, you probably mm -hmm. want to have like a lot of kind of dedicated like jigs and oh, yeah. setups mm -hmm. that are are for doing chairs yeah but um i don't know man the chair is like to me the most um i don't know the sexiest project i guess I think like so. the most yeah. mm -hmm. the one that like interests if you can make me a most. really cool like just sitting like an accent chair that'd be bomb yeah but then again i get all kinds of questions or not all kinds of questions but i have people all the time ask me 
on my dining table videos to make to make matching chairs, which I don't know. Maybe uh-huh. I should do because if there's that many people commenting, maybe I should do it. But it's just one of those. I just gotta get the courage to just leap into it. <laughs> you know, it's funny. So I'm. I have actually never built a dining room table, but I'm probably gonna build a few in mm-hmm. the upcoming months just because I'd like to build one for our house. Uh, my parents have been asking for one for one or asking for one for forever. Yeah. My sister-in-law has been asking for one for forever. Uh, <laughs> there's a guy that, that I'm, that wants a commissioned one. So there's like a lot of them kind of looming. Right. And so I thought it would be cool. And you know, just to make more content, even though it'd be kind of eclectic, which isn't exactly my style, but so build the dining room table for our house and then build a different chair for each place oh, so that, yeah. that way I can stretch it out and do yeah, a bunch of different videos. I'm a videos big fan and, of having... That like, would be pretty cool. Yeah, I'm a big fan yeah. of mixed match chairs. I think it makes the room look more interesting. If they're complementary in sort of style, but yeah. like different in, in sort of individuality. And it's cool if like the chair right. is like the placemat right? or like the, the name card or like the sort of differentiation. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, you're sitting in that chair <laughs> right. versus that chair. Yeah. You're sitting in the uh, the eight ball. <laughs> Probably not going to make an eight ball chair, but who knows? <laughs> that, the hand that would be very eclectic. But Chris, for you, like, uh, do you how, how do you sort of see that sort of uh, question of sort of you know what parts stay the same and what parts you experiment with in your sort of videos? I think that I mean format wise, I feel like it evolves, but I I don't see myself having any drastic changes format mm-hmm. wise, and I think that you guys because obviously the stuff that I do is a little bit longer format than what you're doing. You know, my project videos tend to be like 12, 13 minutes, something like that. And they are kind of in, you know, it's usually the beginning phase where I kind of talk about how a project came about and then it's the more technical part. That's the meat of it. And then a little wrap up at the end or, you know, some final thoughts or whatever. And I find that the format just kind of naturally happens because that's the way that you naturally go through a project. That's how you would tell someone about a project or something like that. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So I think that like you guys could turn any one of your videos that you have right now into one of those 15 minute videos. If you said, all right, well, I'm just going to spend three minutes on this part of it. And then yeah, nine but, minutes on the building of it. And but then again, one minute I, on the wrap up. but then again, if I put that out, are people going to be like, what is this? I hate it. Yeah. It's not what you do. Right. You. you know what I mean? No. Yeah. Because for me, it's what <laughs> yeah. they're used to seeing. Right. I mean, it's not because it's bad, but if you know what I mean, they tune into Chris, they're expecting that they're, if they're tuning into you me, know, they're expecting, you know, more of a, instructional quick something a lot of and it would be interesting okay so you guys can give me some real talk here i wonder how much do i actually shoot myself in the foot by having it be that like if i did just like a more straightforward here's the project because the projects i mean not to sound conceited but i think they're cool looking and they can stand on their own yeah um and i do get comments from people from time to time saying like you know shut up basically. Right. Um, but then I get comments from other people that are like, you know, that's their favorite part is the the voiceover. That's what like really I they can, connect with. Or I can only speak for myself, but if you just made, because I subscribed to you after I think your first video. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think I would have subscribed that quick if it was just a 10 minute how to make a bench. But right. I was like, man, this video is shot really well. The voiceover whole idea of it is really cool. Like it was unique. That's why I subscribed. Right. Because I've even had this. Oh, go ahead. There's the way I look at it. The maker community in terms of people making videos professionally mm-hmm. or you know full time, whatever you want to call it, is very saturated right. at this point. There's a lot of people doing it, which is cool because it's just that much more content. But I think it's just that much harder to kind of break through that Stand crowd. Out. 
And yeah. being really unique in your video style, I think, is what got you just like, you know, you were a zit and you popped out, you know, out of the out <laughs> nice. of the mass of <laughs> the mass of other DIY videos. Out of the acne so, landscape of adolescence. Right. <laughs> So you, you, you look at it that way, but then there's that double edge to the sword where the more you do that specific style of vid- video, the more, in my head, it might pigeonhole you into having to make that kind of video, which right. is where I'm at, is if yeah. I'm going to break out of my current format slightly, are people going to be like, oh, that's cool. I like that you're experimenting. I like, I like that you're kind of just being creative, which I know there's people that are going to say that. But what I'm worried about is just kind of like the mass of people. Are they going to be like, ugh, I don't know. He changed. I don't like it as much anymore. Unsubscribe. Yeah. You know? I think the core, I think your core audience will be fine with it. And I, I like we were saying, if you kind of evolve. So, you know, you just, you have one idea of something you want to add and you add that thing. Yeah. And then maybe you liked it, maybe you didn't. And you just kind of fine tune from there. But back to the other point, something that I've actually thought about doing and that I might do down the road is actually making like recuts yeah, of my old projects. Mm. Do it for Facebook. Yeah. That, yeah, that's the initial thing was, and I was even wondering because I mean, some of those projects, you know, I put them out when I had ten thousand subscribers, should, and I, what, I, what I think you should do, and for unsolicited advice, but <laughs> as your unofficial me, business coach, um, consult, go for it. I think you should make one minute uh, video cuts for Instagram that and that start uh-huh. and end on one of your great still images of the finished products, and it should say like in mm-hmm. that sort of front card, uh, you know full video right, like instructional video or something like that right um yeah mm-hmm. so i think you should do make shorter cuts make a one minute cut for instagram and like a two to three minute cut for facebook but i think two minutes would be pretty pretty perfect uh some of your projects mm-hmm. will have a little more a few more steps um and just release those on those with this links to the longer format video um i think you think they can be narration free yeah, yeah just just sped nice. up yeah what i wanted to hear right so um and and i think i think it'll be complimentary and sort of be an audience builder and just really sharing more of just the design part because i think right uh i like all the other stuff but i think what you singularly add the most value to my sort of media landscape is in great design that you show how to execute uh right to me Thank there's you. a lot of people making furniture pieces but there aren't a lot that are that are one different from a design standpoint and then will execute it. Right. Uh, so that's, that's what I, that's what I would sort of focus on is those different platforms. You've YouTube is just one of many platforms. And then it also sort of, you know, make sure that all right. your still images are properly posted on uh, Pinterest with sort of captions that would say, uh, dude, I got to get I know on Pinterest. That, say, that's yeah. the one thing that, Pinterest confuses me every time I look at it. I'm like, how do I well, use it, this? It, think of it more as like search engine optimization than a social media platform because it is more of a search engine than a social uh, platform. Right. Uh, and it's probably refers for my web traffic about 20 to 30% of my web traffic and probably about 20% of my mm-hmm. YouTube views come over wow. from Pinterest. Um, mm-hmm. nice. And I think that's, uh, that would be, for all three of us with our sort of, we all tend to produce finished goods that look like they're ready to mm-hmm. sort of uh, be purchased or consumed or, or ha- right, instructions right. followed. Like they're, they're, there's sort of an aspirational intent to what we're doing. Whereas like take someone like Jimmy DeResta, it's like, not, you know, 
if, if he does like his awesome AK-47 guitar, it's more like you're, you're following it to watch his individualistic kind of like making charisma, which he yeah. just has like right. an abundance of. Like you're, you're just sort of like watching this awesome demo of, the, of this crazy artist at work and you're just kind of like, you're getting inspired by his action, not necessarily to replicate his outcome. Where I think we're, mm-hmm. we fall more into the designer role where a lot of people are watching and then making something similar to what we made. Um, yeah. So I, I really think that, uh, you know, getting on those sort of visual still image platforms uh, where people are, because people will, be looking not for an instructions they'll actually be looking for like a great uh side table and you'll get a lot mm-hmm, of sort of right. uh interior designers that are like you know going through and say oh, i have a client i need something a little bit mid-century modern but not the, something that looks different from everything else your stuff's totally yeah. gonna pop on that platform so when it comes to keeping it fresh sometimes it's really <laughs> not reproducing or putting new things in front of our existing audience it's going out and trying a different approach to find an audience to which our content will be fresh because they've never heard of us. So, right. (laughs) um, And I think that's the danger that so many YouTubers fall into is that they think that their world is limited by their current subscriber count. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When I, you know, and I I think that can be, and and, and they just keep retailoring and refocusing to the people that already follow them. Oh, do they like, are, are they getting upset? Um, and that's one of the reasons why I think Patreon's an awesome company and great, but it's one of the reasons why I stay away from it as like a sort of, uh, as, as a part of a business practice is, is I think it would make me cater to the people that have already seen me rather than trying to reach out and find, uh, figure out new ways to bring eyeballs in. And I think that's sort of a double-edged thing. It's great to sort of build a tighter community, and I probably don't do enough of that. Like, I don't really always talk to, or rarely talk to the camera. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, maybe that's how I'll keep it fresh, is I'll start talking more to the camera. Um, yeah. But I, th- I think there's, yeah, it's, a- a- unless you have like 10 million, you know, subscribers, uh, it's probably going to be, you know, there's a, there's a lot of people still to figure out how to reach more than figuring out how people have already seen you, uh, how to right. you know, keep them happy. How, how to guess what guess what they want, right? Yeah, because yeah. in you know in the end, you're never going to know what people are actually feeling about what you're making for the most part, except for the people that so, choose to comment. But you know, for the 99 percent right. of people that don't comment, you really don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you just kind of know, I guess, by the analytics. Well, of, yeah. You know, how mm-hmm. are people? watching and but actually to go back to what ben was talking about and something that ben said either last week or two weeks ago i can't remember um but something that i felt when i put out this last the record player video um i took some comfort and i I felt good knowing like there's another piece of content that i now have under my belt yeah like i don't know there was something i think the first day that i put it out it wasn't performing as well as i thought it was gonna for some reason Hmm. and now it's doing good don't get me wrong but um (laughs) It just I was like, well, well that's because I got picked up by you know, Design Milk, man. No, yeah. so, so, uh, yeah. that's a great example, right? Like, that was pretty cool, though. When I saw that, I was I was really really happy because like that's not the usual sort of. To me, that's that's something you should be super proud of. I think so, yeah. Because go for it. You're going to say what I was going because to it's get not it. just people in garages watching that. It's like people that are sort of yeah. very informed and up to date on on interior design, architecture industrial design saying this piece is exceptional 
regardless of whether or not it's like easy to make or quick or it's you know shown an amateur took the time to show uh, each steps by step so to to create sort of an outcome that's uh, desirable in a community that does nothing but curate design yeah. is like something you should be super proud of very complimentary yeah yeah and it I reaches mean, new yeah, audience and they're like to... oh wait yeah for and sure th- th- it starts that pipeline back for them to discover other things mm-hmm. and also probably uh i mean i don't know design milks analytics or whatever but or you know their their demo but i would say it's probably more female than male slightly and like my stuff is just 95 percent male so i always think like man i have a whole that's, other half of the population that i'm not reaching that, right now pinterest well, that's pinterest it's uh yeah the, when i so i'm gonna make no assessments about sort of uh gender and their social media habits i'll just tell you right. what my analytics say and every per, right. you know, person can draw their own conclusion with youtube the the audience tends to for me be about 75 percent uh, 70 to 75 percent men for Pinterest my audience is about 70 to 75 percent women um, and for the website it's about I think like 55 uh, 45 women versus men oh wow oh wow um, <laughs> so Mike and I were shocked so the places oh, wow. the places where I have uh, an Instagram I think is like uh, about 50 50 the places uh, you know where I have still image content, of nice looking staged finished pieces attracts a different type of audience than the the places where I'm demonstrating how to make things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So right. process versus finished product have different audiences innately, even if it's for the exact same piece of furniture. Men are from Instructables and women are from Pinterest. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but one other thing that, uh, well, one other thought about sort of keeping it fresh is I think think about it in terms of movies. Uh, mm-hmm. Is like movies tend to go in like cycles for like there'll be like a bunch of uh, asteroid hitting Earth movies like come out at like yeah. one time, right? Or just like the heaps of agen- Avengers movies that are coming out right now, right? Same thing. Right. And and now we have we're in like the. Did you guys see that movie John Wick? Uh, I yes. didn't see it, but I remember yeah. it. Keanu. Right. So it was like. Yep. That's, that was a movie that was totally familiar, right? Like, in some ways, because it's like an action movie, uh, Keanu Reeves in it. But it was fresh at, like, when I saw it, because I'd been used to sort of only seeing big bu- budget, sort of, like, superhero-type action movies lately, because that's the dominant kind of t- typology for this particular era. So to see just sort of, like, a more sort of small-stake sort of action movie was like kind of refreshing and fresh, even though it still falls into all the tropes of a lot of action movies that came before it. So right. it's almost like at this particular time with all the superheroes and CGI, a nice 80s style like diehard <laughs> movie would seem super yeah. fresh. It's like, I don't care about saving the world. Just like whoever got kidnapped, I need to save them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like small yeah. stakes. I guess I think yeah. probably why like Taken was like did so well. Uh, probably is it was yeah. kind of like a throwback and sort of a palate cleanser for the other sort of you know big alien city destroying monster kind yeah. of things speaking of though that new alien movie looks really cool i know it's way off topic but i'm excited no, for the, it the, i'm excited for that the alien movies turn it into a film review show <laughs> yeah for no, I, I think aesthetically they inspire like a ton of stuff like that uh, oh, yeah. hr geiger kind of artwork is like 
an insane sort of mix of like kind of like you know gothic kind of lines and uh mixed in with like horrific looking you know futuristic stuff uh no i i think i think i get a lot of like design ideas from movies i thought that uh uh, earlier today i had in the background that not a big tom cruise fan but that movie oblivion like the architecture and set design in it i think it's like four or five years old or something the the architecture and it's like insanely like minimalistic and clean and he has this like house on like this one big still it actually reminded me of chris's uh uh little one-legged side table <laughs> yeah um, yeah but no i i, I the oblivion yeah, table. i think there's 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 a lot of cool sort of just visual stimulus because they have really talented people that don't have to make things actually work they just have to make a world that appears to work right <laughs> yeah. exactly so uh we're we're running actually pretty long. We we really riffed on that one. So we, did. we have a few different things. So I'll give you guys the choice. We could we got a hypothetical. Get it. We can't not a, do a hypothetical. Like, How many episodes in a row have we done a hypothetical for? Got to do a hypothetical. Yeah. Now we also have a five star review question that we can probably do this one pretty quick. So you want to do that let's one? Let's do the we'll do yeah. Let's do the review question real quick. Ben's get, oh never mind. You're not seeing it. All right. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I, I took a picture of it. Yeah. On my phone. Okay. So here I'll, I'll read it. So. First, I'll read the review and then the question. So he says, if you make anything with wood, concrete, metal, or any medium, you are in the right place. Chris, Ben, and Mike give a varied and comprehensive look at making and working with your hands. They offer a wide variety of perspectives of the creative process and bring a fun, smart outlook on building and creating. They are involved with their audience by answering questions and giving their own unique take on various hypothetical situations as well. So, so yeah, we do have to do the hypothetical. <laughs> so then he asks a short question. He says, I've noticed in some of your interview podcasts, you've interviewed creators with a relatively low, low number of subscribers, all things considered. I've since subscribed to William and the Rogue Engineer. I guess my question is, do you try to feature relatively small channels to broaden their audience or do you interview them because you dig and appreciate their channel. I absolutely love the fact that you guys are introducing great new talent to your audience. Keep up the good work. That's pretty much it. So uh, I think that I think, it's probably we we do more, you know, just what we are digging. And I think it's nice to have variety. What do you I guys think? Oh, I them. agree wholeheartedly. Yeah, I yeah, think we go- look for the most interesting people that we know. Yeah. Um, and we're open to talking to people we don't know. So if, you know. Uh, you have a if, cool suggestion. Yeah, hit us hit way. us up with interview suggestions too. In general, I like to do the interviews one on one in person. I just feel like you 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 get mm-hmm. to uh, a more sort of human kind of conversation, to, especially for people that get interviewed a lot. Um, so right. for like interviewing and, and you know this next one, Jimmy is has a huge audience base. So. Uh, <laughs> <you know. laughs> Yeah. Um, but no, I think it's it's uh, it's us just as uh, fans and people interested in making, uh, trying to find people that we can pick their brain and learn from a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, it's almost not selfish in a way, but it's if there's someone that I enjoy watching and if I can use the podcast to hook them into a conversation to kind of get to know them and like just fulfill that for myself even, that's cool. You know, right. it's so, not like going last, all one way. Yeah. The, the last interviews with uh, Brad from Fix This, Build That, and with uh, Jameson, I like talking to those guys anyways. And mm-hmm. the conversations that, you know, that would have, uh, you know, that weren't recorded are pretty similar to that. Just the ones that aren't recorded probably involve more drinking and, and swearing. <laughs> um, but uh, no, it's, uh, it's for me, it's just finding people I think are fascinating 
that have a that have a great perspective. Uh, I think my sort of interest in interviewing people is I prefer to int- uh, interview people that I sort of know their work because then it's just not sort of what are you what are you up to what are you making next <laughs> what's your favorite tool which which right. are fine like I like hearing that but I want to get a little bit uh, into their sort of process and if I know the person and they and I know that they know that I like them and think they're talented I feel like I can I can pick a little bit deeper and sort of not challenge them, but sort of like ask them questions that sort of go against maybe their inherent tendencies. Yeah, I think it is cool though that like, you know, so look at this Saturday, we're going to have Jimmy Duresta who's got almost a million subscribers. And then I plan to in a couple of weeks interview Evan and Caitlin who like, you know, they're pretty much brand new to this. I think they just have like a thousand subscribers right where now. And so where uh, I think they live in America. America. Oh, okay. Very I'll just say specific. that. Earth. Earth. <laughs> Earth. <There you> go. <laughs> right. <laughs> Texas. I want to say Texas, but I'm not 100% sure. But um, I think that, you know, that'll bring value to a lot of people listening to this because it gets a different perspective of somebody who's just getting into this and the things that they're going through. And I'm sure a lot of the people that listen to us are interested in maybe getting into it. So, you know, that could be something that is more relatable to them. Absolutely. Than yeah. Jimmy yeah. Gross. And there's a lot, again, uh, there's a lot of different platforms. So people like, mm-hmm. you know, Jameson have a massive following on, he actually does really well on Pinterest too, because he produces more plans than he does videos. Yeah, he's got um, a lot of PDFs and stuff. Yeah, so he kills it on like sort of plans and, and sort of a, a website stuff. You know, I, I think that's, there's, yeah, again, it's there's this sort of danger of thinking that people's total audience is YouTube. Right. Like YouTube mm-hmm. is like one aspect of a bunch of, <laughs> apparently... I mean, everyone here has mostly guys on their YouTube subscriber list, right? Yeah, it's about yeah. 75, 80% on mine. Right. Dude, mine's a sausage fest. <laughs> <laughs> All the dudes. <laughs> well, you know what? Guys love me. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> that, that's it's really interesting, right? And do you think that that has something to do with you doing sort of more advanced sort of woodworking? Where you know, me and Mike are like uh, one step closer to sort of like the DIY kind of craft kind of I think era. it's a I, th- I think it's a mix of that and probably that you guys are just bigger and more established than me so probably the bigger you get the more sort of general your audience gets I think so it's also because we're better looking no <laughs> <laughs> that's it <laughs> you guys are kissable kissable <laughs> oh you know what it is it's because I'm married yeah that's, so that's the girls what it know is. I'm off yeah, the it's market just, it's just too you guys are confirmed bachelors it's, it's too it's just too heartbreaking <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, they're like, "Oh, why why watch what I can't yeah. have?" Yeah. But no, I think what you're saying, Chris, is like a lot of people to find you kind of are going down the woodworking rabbit hole whereas uh-huh. we kind of maybe sit more on the surface with just like more DIY, you know, crafty, yeah. not crafty. Yeah, it, it could be a Not fun- quite crafty. It I'll could, say that. <laughs> it could be a function simply of putting DIY in as like a lot of uh a lot of tags. Keywords. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I put DIY in there. But no, you guys are. Yeah, I think that it's a mixture of those yeah. few things, probably. Chris, what about looks, in terms of like uh, materiality and stuff, like uh, for the sort of you know keeping it novel and fresh? Do you think? I mean, are you have plans to add sort of different materials like metal yeah, working and stuff? I like do. That? Um, you, wait, what was the last like metal working or something? like oh, that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I do. It's just one of those things where it's like finding the time right. especially right now like you know every little bit of time I, I have goes into making a, a project and then doing all the other stuff that are 
all the other things that are associated with that. Right. But yeah, I mean, I definitely want to just because I think, especially the way my personality is, like you give me one new technique, I can stretch that out into 10 new videos or, mm -hmm. you know, I, I feel like I can, that's what I'm good at is taking like one little new thing that I can do and really trying to like extract every little bit of juice out of that thing. Oh, right. I, so <laughs> I, have an, I have an announcement I forgot about. Hey, um, you're pregnant. Yes. <laughs> so uh, there goes your female audience. Reached, uh, <laughs> some people from Candy Leather reached out. Uh, they haven't been a sponsor in the past, but uh, I've used their stuff and given them sort of shout outs because people always end up asking, where did you get the leather? So yeah. they reached out and said, uh, you know, said, hey, you know, thanks for thanks for the men mention. And uh, they're going to be hooking us up with some uh, some some cowhide. So I'll probably be sending each one of you guys like a full cowhide to experiment. Hey, oh, that's awesome, oh, baby. Nice. Yeah. I'm just going to drape myself They're and actually, get that uh, female audience. Like, <laughs> they actually make really awesome area rugs. That's I know. I've seen them, and they, I consider doing that. Mm -hmm. I know. It's like, it's yeah, it's super baller to just have like, yeah. Just, I'll tell you what, because I, I, we've got a Tandy Leather local to me as well, and whenever I went in there to get the stuff for the, uh, the like slingback chairs I made, they had just walls of cowhides with the with the fur is it fur or hair i don't know what you call it on a cow but it's got the it's got the fur i'm just, i'm i'm yeah. sticking with fur <laughs> it's got the fur still on it man there were some crazy looking ones yeah fur side in underpants coming right up because <laughs> i think that because <laughs> they import some hides yeah. as well they're not all like domestic so you get some crazy colorways and stuff with them so i know i was about to pull the trigger and make and make one of them an area rug. Well, one of my one of my friends was telling me that you can tell where the cows come from by looking at the leather, right? Like he was saying, she was okay. saying that the the Argentinian cows, like they tend to sort of be more free range. They have like more scratches and stuff in the leather because they oh, like, okay. they get more scarred up. And yeah. Like, fall on rocks and stuff <laughs> i thought you were gonna say you couldn't tell where they're from from their accent <laughs> <laughs> Le mou. Uh, yeah. awesome so is that uh do we have any other hypotheticals oh no this is the oh, now we're gonna okay. do the hypothetical Sorry. Here we go. okay sidetracked so this comes in from connell dugan i really like the names of our audience that man. was a good Still one loving that that front runner's Kenzo Fry, though, for sure. That's, I that's know, the one to for beat. real. If that's not a Star <laughs> right. Wars character, it will be soon. I know. George Lucas, I hope you're listening. Um, so he says, I plan to make a bench out of two one-foot by nine-foot pieces of driftwood I found at the beach. I'm planning to make a video of the process, but now I'm stuck on deciding a name for the YouTube channel. I, I plan to make other project videos on the channel, but I don't want to restrict my channel by its title. Mm -hmm. So the question is, how did you guys pick your channel names and what was the thought process behind your decision? Okay. And then, so the way that we'll kind of make this hypothetical, so we can talk about that, but then also the hypothetical would be, if you had to pick a new name for your channel, Ooh. what would it be? Okay. And it's kind of funny because my wife actually, well, I was, we were talking about, well, what would be good hypotheticals? And she asked that exact question. Like if you had to think of a new name and then this guy wrote in like the day after and I was like, oh man, yeah. it's kismet. We got to do man, it. Man, I wish I remember because before I made mine, I had a list of like 20 names to choose from. Yeah. And there was a couple things that I kept in mind with my channel name. One was I wanted keywords to be a part of my name. So yeah. just for more you know, search optimization is if someone's looking for a modern coffee table, well, mo or especially like, look at this. 
someone searches how to build a modern coffee table. Not only is the title of whatever my video is going to be in probably some of those keywords, but so is both of the words that are in my name. You know, yeah. dude. So it's just that I just much thought more. Of the best name. That, that much more. Go for it. Yeah, I want to hear it. How to build a modern. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> How to build a, and then it's just blank. Like, yeah. that is, I don't, I, that's honestly, that's a great name. Someone, doing it. someone who's making a channel should do that because that's a yeah. great idea. I think it's just kind of clever too. I actually had modern builds as like on my list of names. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's the, funny. I, I was thinking of it. I think more as it was funny when I when I first thought of the idea. I was very cognizant of like thinking about the sort of what the name would sort of imply to uh, other audiences. And I knew I was going to have a lot of sort of making stuff and that would appeal to a certain set. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking about more of a brand for like what the finished products would be sort of associated under. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's that sort of influenced, you know, I think the name. I don't think the name I picked uh, is the best name for a YouTube channel. I thought it was a better name for like a set of finished uh, projects uh, on the oh, website. Okay. Right. The the name that I was thinking of that would I thought would have been better just for YouTube was just uh, made XU. So it's like you know two by four, but made by you. Um, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so it's just made XU. So I thought that would be like a cleaner sort of you know uh, video brand or genre, and it was a domain name. I think I right. own like way too many domain names, just like slowly spending $14 a year on like 20 ideas that I'm probably never going to get to. Yes. Um, so th- those were some of the, the, the runners up. But uh, ultimately, I, I think in general, when I talk to people that are considering doing this, they spend too much time, way too much time <laughs> thinking about it. It doesn't matter. Like it can be anything. It's, it's really just the content. Uh, shorter's better, keywords are better, but I mean, look at Matthias Wendell. Like, yeah, it, yeah. It, his content is just interesting and uh, intelligent, and uh, you know, it, it works. Even though you know, maybe it doesn't seem like he's focused a particular lot on sort of like the branding of the name because you know everything else is is pretty solid. Right. Yeah. For me, when well, I when, when I yeah, came up with my name, it. so. When I came up with it, YouTube was not what I was thinking. I was doing, you know, commission pieces of furniture and, and wanting to sell custom pieces of furniture. And so I kind of knew that my business model was going to be not really people searching like Southern California modern furniture. It was going to be exposure through design blogs and that type of thing. And so what was important to me was getting the most out of that initial discovery. And so I just wanted something that was very memorable. So I thought four eyes was very memorable. You know, it's, it's short, it's easy to remember. It's not the common kind of name for a furniture company. And so that's why I ended up choosing that. And actually my, Oh, go ahead. It sounds like like it would also could be like a great like coffee shop. (laughs) Yeah. It could could be be a whole brand of things that you do. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's true. Yeah. (laughs) The four, the four eyes taco truck, right? Like, yeah, it's just almost like, it, it really could be anything. It and could be anything, yeah. I think technically my YouTube name, it was just like kind of auto-assigned to me. I'm just Chris Salamone one is my channel <laughs> name. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think that in a way, not completely, but memorability. I don't know if that's a memorableness and yeah. and and search, searchableness are kind of on an inverse scale a little bit. And I'd say your guys' channel names are very searchable and, yeah. and memorable also. 
but mine is like completely unsearchable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The name's not going to really get you any like views, but no. I, but I remember, and I've heard it so many times, like on other podcasts. Mm-hmm. Whenever you were coming up, was like people would be like they would call you like oh, this channel's like Four Eyes or something. Yeah, and so it was and good like for that. just that is just it, it credits what you were saying so much is because like most people was like oh I saw a cool video it was about this but right. your name was memorable enough they were like. It was a and video. I was. It was by like Four Eyes or something, but it was about this. So your name was memorable enough that they were like able to just mention it enough. Yeah, and I mean, if you look at, I mean, I got those first ten thousand subscribers off of that first video in that first like two months or so, and it was basically uh-huh. by getting a couple mentions from podcasts. That's that's what like really you know gave me Boom. my foundation. There you go, connecting and the dots. So in a way, yeah, Four Eyes really helped that because they you know it was something that they could repeat and. If mm-hmm. you didn't quite get it while you're listening, you could easily remember it to type it in. So I think it did yeah. end up helping me in that in that instance. Yeah. What would you change your name to? Oh, never mind. You would change it to how to build a blank. I'd who have to build a question? modern blank. But actually, yeah. you know who, what else? Who? Modern makers. I mean, or modern makers. A, yeah. A perfect it's name. It's not a bad one. In terms of being memorable and. Don't do it though, point. somebody. I I'm feel doing like it. That's too close to the name. No. That's too close to the name of our podcast. Don't do that, guys. <laughs> but yeah i mean there's a lot of names out there i think the best way to do it if you want to search if you want a searchable name here's what you do make a list of keywords that you think people will search find what ones just sound good they don't have a ton of syllables they're easy to say and just try and just like combine them like make a list of a few like make a few columns and then just choose choose words and just combine them and find one that sounds good that's what i did at least yep so, Worked for you. There you go. You're yeah. cooking. All right, I guess we should just uh, jump into what we're obsessed with. We should, yes. Right. Ben, what, what are you got? obsessed with? Oh. <laughs> he doesn't know. Sense. Okay, <laughs> Mike, him, Mike, Mike, Mike. No. Okay, well, I got a camera. Got a film camera. Oh, yeah, I in. saw that. Oh, yeah, really? so, yep, got me a Pentax K1000. Pentax. Uh, K1000, which is the, like, what every, uh, what do you call them? Hipster. Your book was, oh. yeah, no, <laughs> that, that is, I think, also true. But it's like what every yearbook was shot with, apparently. Really? Every like, the, high school, like the school Like photos? every high school yearbook. More of the like, oh, like the, you know, photography class. Or whatever. Like yeah. the kids went around and took pictures for the yearbook. Okay, that was the one. Uh, that was apparently the one because they're supposed to be very rigid and hold up to a lot of abuse. And they're also really simple. They don't have a ton of controls. It's like you can choose the ISO, the shutter speed, and the aperture. That's it. And it's and a manual where do you, focus. Where do you do you like get the film developed online or they still have those you can little do huts? That. I don't know. There's there's a camera store that's relatively close to me and I asked if they develop film and they said they do. But then again, I'm if sure I they go send to, it somewhere. That's what I was just about to say. Yeah. Is either they're gonna have good result, or it's either fifty fifty. They do good, good, you know, whatever you call it, processing the film well. Or I can go online where I know they place that processes them all the time, and they're gonna look really good, and they're gonna be really consistent. So right. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll figure it out. <laughs> I'm at the like I'm at the very tip of the iceberg when it comes to all this. So nice. I don't know. I'll let you know when I find out. When I get my first role developed, I'll let you know where I get it done at. Cool. Gonna, you got to start a second Instagram that's like... I know. I don't know. Filmstagram My, or something. Mike's Picks. That's terrible. <laughs> Mike's Picks. <laughs> that's not keyword and it doesn't sound good. It's not memorable or keyword driven. <laughs> All right. Should All right. I, you want me to go so Ben can buy more time? 
Yeah. Yeah. All right. He's looking around at. Yeah. He's looking what around the room trying to find something. I'm trying to think what I've been doing with myself lately. So other than just traveling. Just uh, you're obsessed with planes. So I've got another music pick this week. And there this we week it is, they actually have not come out with an album yet. And it's been a long time since they come out with an album. The Fleet Foxes. Have you guys ever listened to them? Never heard of it. What? Not at all. Never. Uh-uh. Okay. Okay. So it's no, kind of. look them up. They're kind of like indie folk, I guess you would describe them as. Uh, uh-huh. They've, I don't know. Their first album probably came out in around 2008. And then the other one, the second one, maybe 2011 or so. And they haven't done anything since. So okay. I've been and, and I really liked their first two albums a lot. So I've been looking forward to this album for a long time. So I would kind of describe them as like, I don't know. There's like you know those bands like Mumford and Sons and the Luminaires or whatever. These are like the the music critics version of that band. Right. These are like yeah, the yeah. the legit guys. Like they're they're really good, really great harmonies, really great they melodies. They made the style that they're ripping off and turning into like poppy stuff. Yeah, I would, I would consider or not even. Yeah, maybe not that, but th- those are like the more like watered down, radio yeah. friendly version of the of of right. what the Fleet Foxes are. Um, Very cool. Okay, so they I'll, got. I'm gonna check them out. Yeah, they got a couple. Uh, Who do, what just, do we listen to first? So they only What's have the two. Album? They have two new songs out. So okay. Go ahead and listen to that. So the, one of their new songs they have is called Third of May. Uh-huh. It's good. It's kind. Of, it's like an eight minute one. The, the first four minutes are a song, and then it kind of goes off. Which they do a lot. They do a lot of like, here's a song, and then like not jam session, but kind of like drift off into like another thing for the second half of the song. But yeah, yeah. check out that one. If not, I mean, go back and listen to any of their <laughs> albums. They're they're both really good albums. Okay, cool. Ben, you got one yet? Yeah. So good. Couple things. Uh, one, I've been really having fun with the uh, uh, shooting footage with my the new Phantom Four Pro drone. Yep. Oh, I just yeah. po- posted some stuff to, to Instagram uh, recently. And it's just interesting what you can do with just how how clear and stable the footage is and what you can do sort of getting these these aerial views. So it's actually made me having access to that kind of videography ability has made me think about different projects. Like I want to do like a crop circle project or I want to do uh, maybe a larger build like a greenhouse or something like that where mm-hmm. – you actually could do like a aerial stop motion uh, of it with like the drone just programmed to go up to the same place and take overhead uh, photos over and over again. Yeah. So it's interesting to see how a tool for recording making can actually suggest different types of making. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's been interesting. I'll tell you what I'm not obsessed with is these like, crappy 360 cameras that i've been i got one of them it works fine it's just is it editing that's so hard with them editing is just uh yeah it's a it's a pain i am yeah and it's just it's just like the quality of the video and it's just so skewed it doesn't (laughs) feel like a real perspective yeah Mm -hmm. like it was so uh i've been wanting to do sort of uh tours of my loft and the the bathroom is actually like super interesting because there's like a ton of like really random little design things that I haven't done videos about. Uh, just the way I did the shower curtains, uh, some of the storage things, uh, the weird sort of you know multi-arm toilet lid device that can hold. <laughs> that all thing is stuff. freaky. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of crazy stuff in it, but it's like so hard to get good photos because it's it's a bathroom. It's small. You can't. Mm-hmm. And, and I, well, I really need to get a full format like a, a camera so i can get a little bit yeah so it doesn't look kind of fish eye. Shots. Yeah. yeah 
so it's you know I, I got the 360 camera and shot it with that and it's it, you can sort of get to see the whole space and navigate it but at any one moment it just doesn't look awesome <laughs> yeah you know yeah. what i always think about the 360 camera so like you know obviously the technology is going to continue to improve and someday it'll get there where it's as good as a regular camera or whatever but they have their situations where they would be very useful and and would make it for a better experience but like will we ever see movies or would it ever become the norm where a movie would be 360 view i don't think it would or should necessarily because in a way it's kind of narcissistic it's like you're saying i don't want to see what the director who's an expert in doing this wants to show me i want to just be able to look around and see everything but then again camera movement and camera just camera angles and what they choose to film drives the plot usually so much or at least cues you into what you should be caring about well it would just yeah i think it would just really change the job yeah. of the director and now it would be like doing things that cue you to look into a direction or whatever yeah. so that they try to like give you the best chance of, at having whatever that vision that they had was instead right. of being able to forcing you know now they can force you into the view that they want you to see yeah, yeah. I, I, but, I like the idea for exploring a space because it's not me showing a build it's me sort of right. saying like Here's the actual environment. I created this whole environment out of a whole bunch of builds. Mm-hmm. Just go around and explore because you'll find these like little weird Easter eggs. But that's yep. actually a good thing, right? Like with like when a new Marvel movie comes out, people like they watch it the first time for, kind of for fun, and then they watch it like over and over again to try to discover Easter eggs that sort of suggest future sort of plot developments. Um, oh yeah. So there is kind of that. I was hoping for that sort of potential uh, with it. Uh, it might just be because I'm still a novice to the technology or the camera I got is just average or something like that. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, What camera did you get? I got the Theta one. It's really easy to use, and mm-hmm. it looks great on mobile. Um, it's just when huh. I, I – I think it also is a YouTube thing. Like the video looks pretty decent. Uh, by the time I pack it up so it's YouTube friendly, it's not yeah. super great. Um, Interesting. So I'll I'll still do some more experiments. I'll probably do I'll probably post some some uh, three sixty sort of uh, loft uh, videos in my second channel. Um, yeah, but uh, I've thought about making a second channel lately. I thought that was a, be a good place to kind of like throw in like random videos or like random projects mm-hmm. that are like maybe not big enough builds to put on modern builds or something like that. I don't know. Who knows. Yeah, that's I, a whole nother conversation, though. Well, for another day. It's, it's, it's a different way to keep it fresh, right? It's like, it, <laughs> yeah. I, here, here's the answer for that, right? If you have executable ideas already to produce content pretty easily, uh, but you're not doing it because you'd feel like it's it's out of line with your with your current channel, then do a second channel. But yeah. only if like that that additional content's gonna be faster or higher significantly in volume, different, right? Or, yeah, right. Um, so I'm about to put a travel video from my road trips and stuff uh, yeah. on, my, on my main channel. So it's oh okay, be, that'll be a huge departure. It won't have it'll have pieces of a lot of projects in it, mm-hmm. um, and I'm thinking I might do something like that once a quarter, some sort of quarterly update. I'll have some like little snippets from my talk that I gave at Autodesk. Yeah, but just to sort of like a. Every, I was thinking every, like, yeah, every, every three, three months or every six months doing some sort yeah. of just other I think things that makes, I've been doing in design and making. 
Yeah, and I think that was a big thing, people doing second channels, especially, like, a couple years ago. But right now, when you go to, like, just mainstream YouTube, the content there on channels is, is like, way all over the place. Mm-hmm. Where, like, vlogging is just totally normal from a channel that normally does skits. If they throw vlogs in there, like, no one even bats an eye at it. So right. that's another way to look at it is just, like, people are being a lot more accepting of just content being all over the place a little bit with youtube so yeah anyways i'm wrapping up this conversation because i just looked at the timer and it is really long so (laughs) if you guys enjoyed a long episode let us know if you thought the kind of just like relaxed conversation style was a little bit like hard to get through let us know um that's the only way we're gonna know so give us feedback in a review make it five star give us some good feedback that's all i ask if you want a question (laughs) uh if you want to ask us a question that's the place to do it too because Chris will read it. He just did it this time on a review. He was forced to. So give us a Good review. Choice. We really appreciate it. That's all I have to say. Secondly, cool. two by four challenge projects are coming in. They look awesome. Keep them coming. Uh, we're going to keep sharing them. And we're also going to make a playlist at the end. W- once the challenge is all wrapped up and once we get all of the videos that people have made sent into us, we're going to make a, a playlist on YouTube for that as well. So be on the lookout. Let us know if you've made a video for it. Be sure and email us. Hit us up somewhere. Let us know that you made a video. That way we can be sure and see it and be sure to share it with everybody. Uh, Finally, uh, actually, that's it. Y'all got anything else? Follow the Instagram. We'll post whatever we talked about today. Hashtag 2x4challenge if you want any inspiration because there's just more and more pictures We're getting some really awesome ones. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they've been pretty crazy. So, We've had do some... you see that one that's like super clean from like Finland or something? With Man. Like the, the top grain. It's just a really simple table. It's, it's like a like... butcher block top. It's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there have been some awesome stuff. So, I'm excited. Yeah. It's going to be hard to like choose a winner. I don't think we can even. It's just going to be. We're just going to lump like these are the best. We'll just yeah. throw out the best ones or, or something. Favorites. I don't or know. Our, ooh, that's it. Everyone picks a personal favorite. There I you like go. it. Cool. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But we appreciate all, like, we really do appreciate all of the, like, community engagement. Uh, I, I personally did not expect, I expected a few people to participate, but there's really a ton of people doing this, which is totally awesome. Uh, it just shows, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. Y'all are awesome. Y'all listening. I guess y'all are listening, or y'all looking at me are awesome, too, Chris. Yeah, y'all are <laughs> hey, awesome. Hey, thanks, man. Th- that's why I went and purchased <laughs> so many 2 by 4 futures. Yeah, for real. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I hope you guys have an awesome week. Look forward to Jimmy Duresta one-on-one with Ben this weekend. It's going to be a banger. We'll Hopefully. see you then. <laughs> Bye, see everybody. You guys. Later. <laughs>